gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 196 of the podcast that was originally recorded on March 16th of 2018. As Eric and I work our way towards episode 200, for the next couple episodes, we're going to go over our top 100 games, and in this episode, we're going to do games numbered 100 to 81 on our list of top 100 games. Hope you enjoy this episode as well as the next couple of them. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are on episode 196 of the podcast. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can send us some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there, guild number 2440. Twitter and Instagram is at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. Facebook, what I'm playing now. Just do a search for that. Twitch, subscribe to us on Twitch and YouTube, please. We would definitely appreciate seeing um, more likes and some loving on both of those systems. Twitch is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. YouTube is youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. And I have my co-host Eric Gergatz back with me for this episode. Eric, how you doing today? I'm super excited today, Joe. And I think I know why, because we are running up towards episode 200 of the podcast. And you came up with the idea to do a top 200 as or a top 100 to lead up to our 200th episode. And today we are going to be discussing numbers 100 to 80. 81. 181. Okay, 181. I will note that. We are stopping right here. I'm going to put a note next to mine. Stop here. So I do not go further than that. Stop. (laughs) Stop. Got it. Um, yes, so we've both worked on our top 100 games, which I've never even thought of putting together a top 100. It it always just, I don't know, it always just intimidated me, I think, a little bit to try to sit down and just figure it out. But I think you gave me an excellent solution to doing this. Oh, yeah? I believe you said go out to what I, I believe it was pubmeeple.com or was it meeple pub which how how was it again i believe it was pub meeple pubmeeple.com mhm and they actually have a tool out there on their website that actually assists you in ranking games you can put a list of games in there you can type in a list of games you can import games um couple of different ways you can actually get it in there and then it will actually flash these games side by side what you know two at a time next to each other and you pick which game you would rather play and it will actually sort out however many games you put in there into a nice list so i threw 100 games in there that i got into a um, excel spreadsheet i copied and pasted them in pulled it up sat there and sorted for about 45 minutes to an hour and had my top 100 it was it definitely helped out because I had no idea of how I even wanted to start and attempt a top 100 when we started discussing this. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. <laughs> and to challenge me. Exactly. So are we ready to get to it? I'm ready whenever you are. All right. We'll put a little drum roll in here. 
And here is our top, the start of our top 100 games. We're going to start at 100. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to? Let's have you go first. I will go first. So my number 100 game is an older game. And I literally went through both my collection on BGG, went through 195 episodes of the podcast by looking at the show notes on the website, did not realize I really didn't start talking about board games till episode 33. Mm -hmm. So I was like really surprised about that. And some of my early show notes were really, really messed up, I must say. (laughs) I mean, when we were talking about some of the video games, we would just put something like in like, this is effing awesome. And we would not use the word effing. (laughs) Not that I'm opposed to swearing, but in case if, you know, this actually becomes a popular episode, we'll try to keep it somewhat clean. But um, some of the stuff we put on those early show notes, I was like, wow, because we were very, let's just say, did not care back then. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, number one or number 100 for me is a game on Board Game Geek from 2004, um, probably released by Z-Man, designed by Rudiger Dorn, um, a little game called Goa. Ooh. It's an auction style game. So there was a day down at our friendly local game store when one of our friends, Jim Sword, brought in several auction games and this was one of them and I think the other game he brought in actually was up higher on my list um, actually a little bit higher not a lot higher um, but it was like he goes today's auction day and we played these auction games Goa was one of them a really really nice interesting auction resource management game um, that looked really nice as well I played it I really enjoyed it and it made my top 100 games so that that's that's my number 100 so, and it's not going to be my only auction style game on my list. I will, I will give that, you know, kind of tip away right now. Oh, you're ruining the fun. Why, Why would you do that? <laughs> so as you're talking, I need to pull up my number 99 game so I can give all the information out about that. I'm not even going to do that because I'm going to do things a little bit differently. You go, okay. You, you can produce and do your games however you want and introduce them. But what is your 100, sir? Well, let's start off with how I did this. So I did the same concept as you, but I didn't necessarily pick 100 games. I picked a little more, and then I sorted through them. But what I did was I tried to pick a bunch of games that I have fond memories of or good experiences and just games that I see lasting for a long time. And they may not necessarily be ones that I would play over some other games because I think there's definitely games I would probably play first before some of these if I had the chance. But I think these give like a nice mix of different styles and different situations. So I tried to do things a little bit that way. Okay. Now, I actually did have over 100 on my list, and I actually had to delete some some rows. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't just have 100. I actually ended up with more than 100. So I actually had to do a few deletions. So there were some games that I actually vetted and said, it, you're voted off the island. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. So number 100, I'm going to tick off one of our listeners, a.k.a. Dave, immediately. Holy! 
And my I, I, I want to know what 100 is now, if this is going to piss off Dave. Well, my number 100 is actually a number. It's called 1960, The Making of the President. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hang on, let me grab my phone and I can just scroll through the text messages of you guys playing this one. Because yes. I wasn't there for this, but yes, boy, this, have I heard about it. This is just a really interesting game. It's kind of based on Twilight Struggle, mm-hmm. where you are reenacting the 1960 presidential election between Nixon and Kennedy. Right. And essentially you're going through a few rounds and you're going around the country trying to sway the voters and try to sway the media among other things to to vote for you and it's a two player area control game that it gives a nice mix of history and and just a good feeling of how an American presidential election actually is. And I'll tell you what, it definitely tells some stories when you play it, because I'll tell you what, I, I had my Southern strategy going. <laughs> it, it worked out. I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm doing it just like the history books right now, and it's, a, it's great like that. But it's, it's a very tense game. There's a lot of interaction, because you're obviously going right after each other. Right. And you really got to try to outsmart the opponent, and it's... It's kind of like a real presidential election where you may not necessarily be going for all the the, the highest votes uh, from the states, but you wanna you wanna get certain states that just that just tip you just enough to to win the game, and that mixed with the historical flavor on there, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Plus, didn't you win? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I wish I wish I could play this game more, but it is a little bit longer for a two-player game. Right, so. right. All right, so it sounds like that game had and consisted of a little take that. Yeah. My number 99 has a shitload of take that, I would say. Yeah, I thought you were supposed to keep it family-friendly. Yeah, well, you know what? That's not that bad. <laughs> so my number 99 game, uh, we'll say it was from 2008, this particular version that I think I played. Fantasy Flight published it. Designed Bill Everly, Jack Kittredge, Bill Norton, Peter Olatka, and Kevin Wilson. It is Cosmic Encounter. Now, I know there are a multitude of versions of Cosmic Encounter out there. I played, I think, the newer one from Fantasy Flight. I think we had some of the expansions that were in there as well when we played it down at the local game store. Have you ever played Cosmic Encounter? No, I never have, actually. and I it's, I really should. It's it's fun. It's definitely fun. Um, each person is controlling like a character race, and you have ships, and you're going to be attacking each other and doing um, several different things. There is a lot of bluffing, some negotiation that goes on in the table, because when somebody is attacking somebody else, another person can jump in and actually assist in defending them if they want to. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting in that, you know, you necessarily don't want to see the person next to you get knocked out because then somebody could come for you. So you may want to assist your neighbors um, when they're fighting. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. There's there's a certain time for everything with this game. But it's and the races are what make this game fun because there are so many different races. Each has their own special ability and powers and actions that come along with them that really can just make each gameplay just very different because you're the the likelihood of the, the stack of 
I think races that were on the table when we were playing was quite large. And I know we're a podcast, but let's just say my hands are fairly well apart when I'm holding them in front of my face right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's there is a good stack of cards there, you know. So and there are times where your race will, you know, you will lose the race and get another race. And, um, you know, it'll it'll change during the game. So really interesting. Um, Cosmic Encounter, a very fun game. Um, like I said, I know there's a multitude of versions out there. And I know, I know it's older than 2006. I mean, some of the early, the earliest Cosmic Encounter that shows up on Board Game Geek was 77. So, but I've I've played the newer one from Fantasy Flight, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, if you haven't played it, I don't have this one in my collection, um, but it's fun. Yeah, you're you're killing me here right now. I I really should try it, but these these first two numbers already, you're killing me with auctions and negotiation. Those are not my strong suits. Right. That's I'm. Not sure I would say they're mine either, but it's considering we're trying to do a top 100, um, and I had to, like I said, whittle the list down under 100. Some of these games that, you know, I've played down there over the years, I I was like, you know what, these deserve a mention. Because they're definitely games that people should, you know, I would say my top 100, you know, any game on here is going to be something you should probably try to play. At least once. Okay, okay. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I have really any really big stinkers on my list. Oh, you wait until you see mine. <laughs> okay. All right. Go for it. What All right. My next? number ninety nine. I am sticking with the two player games right now. Okay. And mine is a two player card game from Reiner Knizia. I at least know that. Called Battle Line. Which. I like it. Which is a nice, simple game of you're trying to have match it. Uh, you're trying to beat either poker or rummy hands. I guess you can say either of them, except for three cards max. And you're just trying to control different flags that are laid out across the table. And once you can prove that you have beaten somebody's hand on the other side of the flag, you get to claim it. And you're all you're trying to do is you're trying to claim, I believe, four or five of them in a row, or or the majority. There's two different ways to win it. And it's just a nice, simple game to play, but with just enough tension, just enough luck that you never know what's going to happen. And it's, it's really satisfying when you get to, when you get to show off that you're saying like, listen, listen, I got this here. You have no chance of winning this in your face. That's all all I got to say, but it's just a nice, simple game. Really quick one, nice for two players, plays quickly, 20 to 30 minutes, a good filler game, and I think it stands the test of time. I believe it came out in, like, 2000. Wow. So. Cool. All right, we're going to jump back to me, and I will be at number 98. My number 98 is from a company published by Simon. Also, Guillotine Games was in there as well. Their name's on the box. So that may give away part of this game. I would say this is probably the third game in the series, released in 2015, designed by Raphael Gutan, Jean-Baptiste Luyen, and Nicholas Raut. And I probably said most of those names wrong, <laughs> but it's from 2015, Zombicide Black Plague. Ooh. So I actually kickstarted this because um, I kind of wondered one of the Zombicide games in my collection. Black Plague looked to be one of the more interesting ones mainly because of almost like the RPG aspect that they have with the player boards. 
Um, because I think the earlier Zombicide games just had a player card in front of you where you kind of put your cards. This one actually had like a little plastic board where you're putting a lot of your different cards on there, your weapons, your armor, and stuff like that. Um, it just looked really cool. The game looks really cool. I, of course, do not have mine painted. I don't have time to paint my um, miniature games, so my zombies are all gray, I hate to say. Um, but I really like Zombicide Black Plague. I did not back um, Green Horde. I kind of wish I would have. I've seen it actually played down at the local game store a couple of times recently. Um, after after it was just delivered to some people, I saw some people playing it. It looked pretty cool. Um, but I, considering I kind of went all in on, well, I, I don't know if I, I didn't go all in on this one. I went with the larger reward for this. So I have boxes and boxes of this stuff. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to put any more Soundside Black Plague. <laughs> so that's why I didn't, that's why I kind of didn't go for Green Horde. I mean, I threw a dollar into Green Horde in case if I wanted to get it, but there were, just too many other things at the time that I kind of really wanted to get. So it kind of just fell to the wayside. I, I may eventually get it. Um, so I won't have all the Kickstarter stuff, but for, for Zombicide Black Plague, I pretty much have all of the, I think I went with the night pledge. So I pretty much got most of the stuff for this one. And it's a lot that I have for it. Um, and it's, it's just a fun, fun game where you're just, you know, dungeon crawling, fighting zombies. Yeah. You in a dungeon crawl, man. You love those things. And, it, it's probably not going to be my only one on my list. Oh. Ooh, okay, okay. Shh. Okay. Let's go to my 98, which I would have said probably last year that your wife would not like this game, but she might be open to them now oh. because it's a cooperative game. I was going to say, it's got to be a co-op. Yes. And <laughs> coincidentally, most of my games are kind of based on history so far, and so is this one. So my 98 is Freedom, the Underground Railroad. I have not played this one yet. I think you should, at least one time. It's it's an interesting game where you're trying to you're trying to take slaves from southern plantations in America and you're trying to get them up to Canada and escape slave catchers while also raising funds for uh for the fight against slavery and it's a tense game. It's it's weird and it's the the thing about it is it takes a serious subject matter and it makes a fun game out of it but it, I don't think it makes light of the subject matter. I mean it's definitely not a game where I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah catch the slaves I'm not no it's uh, I know people think as soon as they see that they might think it's like glorifying slavery but right. it's definitely not. You're I mean you're trying to help the people get free the bad thing is there are times when you have to sacrifice some of the slaves which they're cubes on the board so it doesn't make you feel that heavy but it does like you start really feeling for these cubes you're like man i do not want this guy to get caught and taken back to the plantation and it, it's a little heavy like you you it's not a game you could really play one after another just keep going with it like you kind of got to take a little break from it because you're like <laughs> oh wow and like and victory is so sweet when you actually do it and losing just kind of hits you a little bit harder where you're like ah. you know it's it's hard to explain but it's it's a really great game i've heard it, some good things about the game i've just i've i've just actually never played it yeah if you're into historical type settings 
I think this is one of the better ones that I've played so far. And the good news is you can play it by yourself because there are one, two, three, and four player modes, and it scales mm -hmm. pretty well. So, cool. All right, so that was your ninety-eight. Uh, 98. So I am on ninety-seven, mm -hmm. and my ninety-seven was published by. Um, well, it says on here Libelud plus seven more. So I don't know who the other seven are. <laughs> But we're going to say it was designed by Reggie Bonassi. And you may know this game because I think you actually have it because I think I've played your version before. It's a game from 2012, and it's called Seasons. I used to have it. Oh, you don't have it anymore. Yeah, I sold it off. Okay. So Seasons is um, both a card and dice game. I would say it has maybe a little what would remind you of possibly Magic the Gathering in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the cards kind of do remind me of something like that along with the dice. You're going to be rolling the dice that will allow you to um, do different actions with the dice, increase different things, get energy, crystallize the energy. And the cards are all going to have different um, abilities on them, so it's definitely a game where the first time you play this, um, they kind of give you a hint to play with a preset um, staple of cards mm -hmm. just to make it a little easier on you because there's actually a draft you can do. And I think in that first time you play, I think they actually say avoid the draft and just kind of go with like a pre-dealt set of cards as well. Yep. Um, so um, I think I've played this game actually a couple of times, I think. I don't think I've only played it once. I think I've played it a couple times. And every time I played it, I really liked it. The game looks good. The dice are very nice and chunky. The cards all have really nice art on them. And just everything you do with the board is is really interesting. And your player board it looks nice as well. Um, this takes place in what they refer to as the the Kingdom of Zidit in the Zidit universe. And I will just drop um, a hint that this may not be the time, last time we hear um, that universe mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, it, that is, is it is a really good game. It, it's a it's a really good game. I, I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I just figured it wasn't going to get the love it deserves over here. So sent it to somebody who will probably enjoy it more than I will. It is a three-player game, minimum. I think. Can you do? I don't think you can do it with two. Can you? You can do it with two, and it's not oh, bad. It's, it's. Oh, it just is two one to four players. I thought it was three. If you played it back when it came out, I probably think you have a lot better feelings for it. Nowadays, maybe not so much. Yeah, okay. it's, I, I did play that a while ago. I think. Okay. Well, I'm going into lighter territory now. So you may hate me for this one, but this is the second modern board game that I ever played since I started okay. here. Okay. And that is King of Tokyo. Wow, okay. And this is... I'm obviously showing some of my... some of the games that I played at the beginning now because I was not... I was not a fan of these medium Euros like we are nowadays. But King of Tokyo... It reminded me of Yahtzee when yep. I first did it. Uh, I love some dice. I do love the kaiju monster theme. And just having two different ways to win, either victory points or killing other players, 
it was a an interesting mechanic when I first discovered it where you're like oh I could do this but I could do this as well and it brought some nice decisions uh it's definitely a lighter game I nowadays I kind of keep it for newer gamers and for for more players I think it goes up to six and I think it's definitely good to to have for newer players that aren't into newer games and the power-up expansions they really do make it a little more interesting Plus, it's nice to just roll some dice every now and then. Yep, yep, yep. So, my number 96 will keep a little bit of a dice theme with us right now. Mm -hmm. You may want to plug your ears for this, because it's designed by Jamie Stegmeier and Ellen Stone. It's published by Stonemeyer. Boo. No, uh, no. <laughs> it is, um, and I know you've never played this one, it is Euphoria Build a Better Dystopia. No, never played this one. So this is um, kind of a worker placement game mm -hmm. that has dice rolling and some set collection to it. And the first time we played it, uh, I believe Jim had brought down his um, Kickstarter copy that had all the upgraded components to it. And I will say that the first time I played this, you know, I almost just fell in love with the components because the game just looked amazing. <laughs> with all of the different pieces that that it's made of, um, it's very interesting, especially with the dice. Um, and you're trying to, you know, use the dice for different things as you're kind of going through your worker placement. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a fun game. I can't remember what player count we played with. It had to have been at least four or five. I'm thinking, um, if not even six, it might have been one of the game days where we did a six player game, but. Um, it was it was a really fun worker placement game. I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I had never I've never added it to my collection. I wouldn't mind playing it again because it's been a while since I played it. Mm -hmm. um, and since you like worker placement games, it may be one oh, you yeah, want to yeah. give a shot to. Yeah, you know me. I, I love the worker placement games. <laughs> I know there's going to be some of those on your top 100, so don't don't deny that there isn't. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, what is your 96? 96, I will stick with the dice theme still. It's a little bit of a dice drafting game. With a theme I really had no familiarity with. But you might have in the past, and I think you actually introduced this to me, but it's role player. Oh, yes. So I, I definitely enjoy this. The, the dice drafting mechanic and trying to build up your character sheet i thought that was a really nice puzzle and it's just a nice simple game i think it's one of the better dice drafting games out there i cannot wait for the expansion to come out because i want to see what my character will be able to do after i build them yes i i agree 100 percent. and this comes from a guy who i've never been into any role-playing games or tabletop role-playing games, excuse me. And, I don't know, I got into the theme. I, I could totally get into uh, a character's personality, you know, their stat bonuses that they get, what kind of equipment they could buy. I thought it all tied together really nicely for a nice, quick puzzle game that that does its job really well. Yeah, and I think people definitely need to... 
not be turned off by the theme or think, oh, I don't play role-playing games. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. They're not going to like this. Um, it's it's a very, very good dice manipulation game. Mm-hmm. And the theme, I think the theme and the interactivity between all the different mechanisms in the game come together quite well. I think this is one of those games where I was turned off by the theme at first, but afterwards I'm more open to it. So this is one of the games where I might say, maybe I would try a role-playing game sometime in the future if somebody wanted me to. Yeah. So cool. And we're going to have to somehow keep track of crossover between our two lists. I don't know how the hell we're going to do this. Eh, we'll just think about it. (laughs) So, all right. My number 95 is a game that I believe we recently played. I think you were down there and playing it with Dave and I. Scoville? No, you were, no I've or, never played you were, You weren't there that night. Yeah, I don't think you were there that night. Uh, Scoville, we recently just played. Dave brought it down for us to the go, to the game store. Um, it is from published by Tasty Minstrel, designed by Ed Marriott. And it is a interesting... It has some auction components to it, as well as some set collection. And you're kind of moving your... Um, kind of farmer you could say around the board and picking peppers Mm -hmm. and you are taking those peppers and mixing the colored peppers together to make different colors and complete different um i don't know if you want i think you call them recipes and that's how you get your victory points the movement on this game is very interesting because everything is kind of like in a grid layout so you're moving your farmer kind of like along this grid Mm-hmm. Um, to do different things, and it was really interesting. I mean, it was. I definitely would. I definitely like to try the expansion that's out for it. Um, and that's kind of why I just made my list. I was like, gotta throw that in there because I had recently played it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try this one out. Oh, oh, oh this is where it gets exciting now. <laughs> oh, we're we're at 95, and it's getting exciting now. Yeah, because you're probably going to strangle me the next time you see me now. Oh, jeez. Okay. Let me, let, me, let me hold on to my desk here. <laughs> my number 95 is a quick filler game. And you could say it's quick because there is a little bit of a, a dexterity element, I would say. And a real-time element, too, as well. Oh, God, I hate real-time. <laughs> But my number 95... I'm Batman. (laughs) My number 95 is Matanga. I don't know if I played this one. You actually have played this one with me again. Actually, you might have... You know, you did play this one with me. Are you going to say I won? Because usually when I win, I remember. (laughs) Maybe, but this, this is one game where you start off just rolling a dice around and one of the sides has a pencil on it. And and you pass the die back and forth until somebody rolls the pencil. And as soon as as somebody rolls that pencil, they grab this this rubber pencil out from the table or another player's hands, and they have a sheet of paper in front of them, and they got to quickly start marking off numbers from like 1 through 60, and they're all jumbled around the board. And you're trying to do it so quick, but it's crazy because the other players are trying to roll the dice just as fast to get the damn pencil away from you and they're trying to grab it from you but it's a hard time because it's all rubbery and they're having a hard time grabbing it and 
you, you're exhausted after like five minutes because that's how long the game takes. But then you're immediately like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. It's great. It, that was fun. When we played that, that was fun. I think me, you, and Yuki played that one. I think the three of us played that. Yes, we, we've played it other times, but I yeah. know you have played it with us for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. And I did like that one. That one was fun. And it's, it's just... It, did, it was, didn't, make, didn't make my top 100, but it was, that was fun. It was a random game I found <laughs> in Japan, and you know what? It was... I'm so glad I picked it up. Just it looks so interesting, and you know it's it's just so fun for five minutes. All right, so my number ninety four is a little card game. Um, this one is from 2013. I believe this was possibly an early Kickstarter, um, designed by Johnny O'Neill and Chris O'Neill. The published Brother Wised Games Boss Monster. Oh, oh, okay. So Boss Monster is kind of like a harken back to uh, the classic video game days where you have a boss monster at the end of your dungeon and you're trying to actually um, build a dungeon that will kill the heroes that are coming through it. And as long as the heroes die before they reach your boss monster, um, you can collect points. So it's a really interesting game. Have you ever played Boss Monster? Yeah, my my one friend has it. I, I was actually quite surprised by it. It's it's fun. It's it's really interesting. Um, we have the second one. I don't think Kim and I have ever played the second one. We played the first one quite a bit. I actually kickstarted the video game version of this because they did release a Steam version of Boss Monster, and it plays just like the card game, which is a lot of fun uh, oh. to just sit here and you know play play kind of against the computer, um, which is really cool. I don't think I've ever played online against anybody else. Um, but yeah, uh, we just really like the card, the look, the cards look really cool. They kind of have probably more of a 16 bit look to them. I would say maybe even a step up from that. Definitely. It's definitely not an eight bit look to the cards, <laughs> yeah. um, but they, they have like nice little character art, you know, on the cards and stuff um, that do remind you of, you know, just, just some of the older video games um, from back in the day. Um, so I had to throw that one in here because it was that was one Kim and I have played quite a bit when we first started gaming, and we really enjoyed it. Yeah, I need to play that one again because that, that was fun. It, it never caught my eye when when I looked at it in stores, but after I played it the one time, I said, you know, it's a pretty good game, actually. It's a little bit random, but, you know, for a small, yeah. quick game, perfectly fine with that. All right, let's go to my number 94 over here now. Also a game I picked up in Japan. A solitaire game called Sheffy. I've never heard of this one now. You got me on this one. This is a game where essentially you start off with one sheep card. And your goal is to get a thousand sheep before this like evil monster does which is essentially three rounds and every round is going through a deck of cards and you will play one card and draw one card and keep going until this deck runs out Mm -hmm. and the card that you play it it either like multiplies the sheep or like raises them so like a one turns into like three sheep and then it goes to like ten to a hundred to like five hundreds like that. 
and you're just trying to use this deck of cards to manipulate the sheep just to just to get a good amount of them but there are cards in the deck that say you know like oh you have to release all your sheep which means you know you lose everything and if you never have a sheep on the table in front of you you automatically lose so there's cards that you gotta you gotta watch out for and plan for because you're gonna screw yourself otherwise but it's a it, it's an interesting one it's a good puzzle there's actually a digital version i know it's on ios okay there's, there's also a nintendo switch version wow which is really nice I, i've actually migrated to playing it there instead of the card game just because it's a little bit quicker there's a lot of games being ported to the switch i've noticed yeah and, and if they want to put more board games out there i'm completely fine with that because that is really nice to play yeah on there but it's a simple game. Uh, I, I it's probably hard to find in America. I'm sure somebody has it, but it's a really quick, maybe twenty to thirty minute game, depending on how quick you are. And you get better the more you know the cards in the deck. But I've had fun. It's a good time killer. Plus, it's really funny because there are some of the card art is <laughs> it's pretty great i mean there's multiply cards where those sheep are going at it on the cards and you're like what, what is going on yeah <laughs> like why am i playing this game cool that sounds good mm-hmm. <laughs> yes note to everyone joe is into sheep <laughs> negative <laughs> all right what all you right got? my number 93 is a game I think I played during one of the first um, one of the first twenty four hour games we might have done down at the local game store. It was actually it's actually a little bit longer of a game because I think we played it with like five or six and it plays up to seven. It uh, re- was released in twenty thirteen, um, designed by Scott Alms, published by TMG, and this is Kings of Air and Steam. Mm. This is kind of a programming game with um, some pickup and delivery mechanisms to it as well. You're going to be building routes with your rail. You're going to be able to move goods between cities and score victory points. Um, The programming part of the game is actually kind of interesting because based on who goes first and who does what, your turn can, you know, with any programming game, essentially get really screwed up and, you know, I don't want to say there's take that, but, um, you know, your neighbors can essentially screw you in some <laughs> ways, mainly because of, you know, just player order and having the whole programming aspect to it. And you, you definitely want to make sure you program things properly, which um, I sometimes fail to do. Um, but it's a really fun game. I think we played it a couple of times down at the store. Um, I believe there might it might have even been an expansion released for it. I have not played the expansion um, but I, I really liked the, this one. It was, it was really interesting. Um, I think we kind of just pulled it out one day and actually sat there and learned to play it, um, as we were playing. I don't know if anybody actually really knew the game. So it was one where we kind of learned on the fly. We don't really do that a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one that actually worked out quite well and I was really pleased and happy with it. So I threw it up here at 93. And that was Kings of Air and Steam from TMG. Hmm. 
it's it's interesting so far and how our lists are going because you're, you're definitely like medium euro medium euro medium euro okay here's a yeah, curveball boss, every now and then. boss monster wasn't medium yeah like i said there's a curveball every now and but then it's, but it's you can tell for most of my top tens i prefer the euros mm-hmm. i do have some lighter things coming up yeah, i do well, let's see how our how our lists evolve here because i think i'm going to go the same way with you but and maybe some heavier things as well we'll see (laughs) you never know all right 93 for me i'm pretty sure this will be a crossover eventually uh, because of your wife kim okay but my number 93 is i'm I'm listening jaipur the two-player card game of trading jewels in jaipur but it was it was one I picked up a while ago, and it's one Yuki likes. Where you know, just going back and forth. Hey, do I want to swap these gems? Do I want to trade them in? Do I want to kind of get these camels and maybe screw over the other player? It's a fun game for two. Goes quick. I don't think I've ever won it. Really? I've actually won it. <laughs> I suck so bad at this game. Like, so bad. I remember the first time I played this game. The older gentleman, Jack, down at the game store taught this one to me. We played this but because he got there early one day, and he sat down, and we just played a quick two-player game of this. Mm-hmm. And I think I bought it that night, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I would have bought it sooner, but I think at that point, before I got it, it was out of print for a while. Yeah. And it just came back a few years ago. Picked it up immediately, and I said, you know, this is a really good game. It is. It is a very good game. And I will say, it's a very good game that everybody should try playing. It did not make my top 100. Ooh. And I will, I will say it did not make my top 100, mainly because we kind of don't play it anymore, because Kim had played it so much with her mom. Yes. Okay. So I don't know if we've actually touched it since then. We may have. There may have been one day where we actually did play it, but it's usually off to the side, and it's kind of just sitting there. So that's why I didn't even throw it on my list, because I think I saw it, and I was like, eh, we really don't play it anymore. But it's it probably did deserve to be on here. See, I don't just play the, I don't just put the stuff on my list where it's like, you know what, I want to play these games more than each other. I'm saying, like, no, all time, I'm doing it. It's like my video games, you know? Like, my favorite games, they're not necessarily what I want to play now, like... My favorite video game is Final Fantasy VII. I haven't played that thing in years. <laughs> damn you if you tell me that that it's not my favorite game because I haven't played it in so long. It, it's my favorite game, and that's how, that's how yeah, my list I, is going so far. I probably should have put that on my list. That might have been an oversight on my on my on my end. Slap so. you next time I see you, Joe. Slap you. Yeah, well, it happens. <laughs> All right, my number ninety-two. Um, I played very early on in uh, my getting into the board games down at the local game store. Somebody had pulled this game out one day. This is a heavier game. It is a longer game published by Fjordlandspiel, designed by Jens Drogmuller and Helga Ostertag. Yeah, I think I know where you're going. And I think you probably have the newer version of this, and that's Terra Mystica. Yep, saw that one coming. So um, this one made my list. I've only played it the one time, I think, down there. I don't think I've ever played it again. And I kind of li- I liked it. I thought it was really cool. It was, like I said, this was taught to me very early on in my modern board game 
introduction and kind of career, I guess you could say. And for it being a little bit heavier of a game, I actually caught onto it rather quickly and I really enjoyed it. I wasn't, I wasn't super intimidated by it and walked away with like, oh my God, you know, I think I, I walked away like, okay, that required quite a bit of thinking, um, <laughs> which, which I think kind of started leading me down the path of liking the more heavier Euro style games. Um, but I'm pretty sure this was probably one of the earlier heavier games um, that I was introduced to. Um, and in seeing that it, 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 that it is ranked number seven on Board Game Geek, it's one of the few top ten games on Board Game Geek that aren't in my collection. I think I have most of the games that are in the top ten on Board Game Geek. Ooh, you're like opposite this, of me. <laughs> and this, is, this, is, this is one I don't have, and... Um, we were, we've been supposed to play Gaia Project recently, so I'm interested to really try try Gaia Project and then figure out which one I want to add to my collection because I do want one of them in my collection. We'll, we'll get to it soon. I, I want to play it. Sitting on that shelf, I want to play it. <laughs> All right, my 92, we talked about in a somewhat recent episode from our top games of 2017. Uh-oh. So, let's see. It's another Japanese game. And it's called Alismatic Heroes. Okay. And I, I don't know why this one popped out at me. Maybe it's the theme or the mechanisms, but I thought it was just... It's a game that looks intimidating when you put it out there. But it is really quite simple. And the more the more you play it, the more combos you see happening... It. It really is for anyone who's listening who doesn't know this. It's kind of a Deus ripoff, which I haven't played Deus yet, but still need to. I did. But if you know how to play that, you've essentially got the gist of it. It's a little bit different. And I don't know why I liked it. It's it's a game where I love area control for some reason. It's got that in there, the random cards that come up with the combos. And I think just the sense of randomness in your card draws and managing your hand because you could essentially get a hand of zero cards and be screwed out of a turn. But I think that was the interesting thing is you got to make tough decisions with the cards you got and just the card decisions and where you want to put some markers on this map that's generated out there it turned into a really interesting game. The only thing I wish I could do with it is play it as two players because it's three minimum. But it is, it's three to five. I think it's probably better with more players, so a little harder to get played. Plus, you know, the whole Japanese anime looking art style, people don't necessarily like it, so that's yeah, got that's, a knock against it. Some people, Whatever. Yeah, that, some people don't like that. That's my thing. I love it. Japan Anime Games brought it over. I think they're redoing it somewhat making a slightly altered second edition with some better components maybe like a round track this time i think i saw but i had fun with it it's it's an interesting game i think you still need to play it yeah i don't think i played that one i think i was playing something else or wasn't there the night you guys played it it's probably a, a love it or hate it game i would say i don't think there's a middle ground cool all right, we are on to number 91 already, so we're almost through um, 
10 of these, and we're doing 20 of them tonight. Um, and my number 91 is an older game that was actually just, um, I think, reprinted this past year. Um, originally released in 1999, designed by Reiner Knizia. Uh -huh. Published by Aaliyah and Ravensburger. And this is Ra. Ooh. So this is another auction auction game set collection has a little pressure luck in there. Um, this was another game that we had played during that auction night that we had down at the game store. And I think when we were when we played these games, I think Kim was with me that night. And I think Kim might have won both of these, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I think she, or maybe I won one of them. I know she won one, and maybe I won one. Um, but Ra was actually really, really cool. Um, I believe the newest game that was just released last year um, had some upgraded components. I think it was supposed to look really cool. Um, I haven't played it for a little while. Probably about a year year or two is when we had played it last. Um, but it was one that stuck out that just had some really interesting auction, a really interesting auction mechanism to it. And I, I had a really good time with Ra. I like the Reiner Knizia auction games. Ra is one I haven't played yet, so I really need to. Those auction games, I suck at them, but I like them for some reason. I don't know why. I, I like them too, and I would say I'm probably not the best at them either. <laughs> I would say I would say I'm okay. I think that's one. I think auction games are ones that you definitely need to play a lot more to to understand to to get the commodity speculation going on you know what's this worth actually i don't know it's hard to tell yeah. the first time but yeah when you get into them they're they're fun yes God. definitely definitely all right 91 probably most modern board gamers will kill me for this now especially like the medium euro guys but this is my first modern board game that introduced me into the hobby and i will call it by the original name since it has re been rebranded. But the Settlers of Catan. And it's some, it's not a game I play much anymore. Just because I think... I think better games have come out. And I think it does show its age. The base game a little bit nowadays. But you know what? When I, when I get into those moods and I say, you know what? Let's play some Catan here, man. Like I just want to roll some dice... Maybe try to get some trades going on. Never seems to work for me, but <laughs> I, I suck at the game so much. Like I think I got a strategy going on. It's it's nothing working. Die rolls are screwing me out of there. Or some something's happening. I I don't know. It's a fun game. It but it opened my eyes up to modern board games, and it definitely took me towards the Euros because it was something I hadn't seen before. And this is years after the fact it came out, so it definitely has staying power. I still know plenty of people who play it regularly. Right. And you yeah. know what? I can't fault them for it. I, I will still I will still play it a few times a year. I mean, and that's still more than some of the games I own. Yeah, because we still have a lot of unplayed games in our collection. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> All right. Number 90 for me is a more recent game, 2016, published by Leader Games, designed by Patrick Leader David Somerville. This is Vast the Crystal Caverns. So I have this in my collection. We actually had Patrick on the uh, podcast before. And um, 
I think this is just a pretty cool game. I think the variable player powers, this is a game that could be very difficult to teach if you're trying to take this down to your local game store because each player in the game plays a different character or component to the game, I guess you could say, and everybody has their own set of rules that they will have to know. There are some base rules that you can kind of teach across to everybody, but um, once it gets down to it, all the players kind of do have different actions and abilities that they have in this game. So it does make it a little bit trickier to teach because instead of teaching one game, you're almost teaching, you know, if you have four players in the game, you're teaching almost four different games, um, which is the trickier part of it. Uh, but when we played it before, um, we kind of sat down and, you know, all of us were experienced gamers and we kind of all read through our parts and jumped into the dungeon and had a pretty good time with it. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, this that, one's up here, Allie. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. I will definitely say it is. And that was my number 90. Okay. My number 90 is a game that you actually showed us. And you showed it to me and Yuki as well. And we played it a couple times when you first showed it to us. It's a theme she definitely gets into because she loves animals. Snow Tails. Yes. I mean, all, all it is... It's dog sledding race, customizable maps, card play, and that's it. Just go. And, you know, it, it's a fun thing trying to use the cards to get around this track in a certain way. I'm I'm pretty much crashing all the time whenever I play it. But it, it's just a simple game. It's easy for new players to pick up. You could probably teach this game in two minutes. And that's it. And it's one of the simplest racing games that I've found so far, but I think that makes it easier to get played as well. But there's also a lot of strategy to it. There is, and you don't think about that at first, but when you look at it, you're like, oh man, you know, maybe I should play this card or cards because I need to get through my deck to try to get some of these other ones out there, and I need to set myself up for something good. Interesting decisions for such a simple game right and the movement of the cards and the way you place them on your sled is is the very is another interesting part of the component to the whole you know racing thing mm -hmm. it, it, it definitely makes it definitely takes it you know from a simple you know like formula day where you're just rolling a dice to okay i actually have a lot of thinking to do because i need to make sure that how i move I avoid different obstacles and make sure that I put down the right cards to be going at the right speed. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting the way you can manipulate your sled with just essentially three cards. Yeah, that's that's true. And I think the greatest thing about it is I believe this is one of the few racing games I have that you could actually customize the track. Yeah. Instead of just having a board out there and oh well you got to play it this way it's like no you can sit there and take whatever pieces you want they got the they got the suggested setups but I think the one time we played it we did like a crazy track I was just gonna say you made a crazy track that one time and I think <laughs> just about everybody died it was just like holy god this is insane and that, that was fun though like you just make something up and hey see who can do it better yeah nice and fun I I had no problem with it. All right, my number 89, another game from Z-Man Games designed by Susumu Kawasaki. 
Okay. Tra- Traitors of Osaka. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Because I don't know if you've ever played this one. Um, no, I almost buy it all the time, and I, but you brought it before, and I never played it. When I've when I've played this, when I initially played this one, I believe it was um, out of print, um, and then I had to wait for it to come back into print. It was originally released back in two thousand six. I picked it up a couple years ago, um, and added it to my collection once it was once the reprint had come back in. But it's a really interesting game um, of, of an economic game. That, you know, you have your ships that are moving um, goods and there's different things along the board. There's a couple of different waves, you could say, that are along the board that could hamper your movement that make it just quite interesting as you're trying to move from one side of the board to the other. Um, A nice little strategy game plays good with two um, as well as uh, up to four. Uh, So it scales pretty good. Um, Kim and I have played it multiple times. We've really liked it. Um, plus, plus it kind of looks really cool too. The board, the ships are kind of smaller. Um, and it just has a nice little small board to it. The boxes, um, it's one that I put on my bookshelf and I don't put in my Calyx. So it's in a, it's definitely in a smaller style box. So it's a little bit smaller of a game, but still, um, one that, we've played down at the store. This was one that I think I was introduced to pretty early on um, as well. And we had played it quite a bit. You know, this is one we played for several weeks in a row when I went down there. I got to try this one. I, I, it's, it's it good. always I like looks it. so interesting to me. And it's like, do I want to just bite the bullet and just finally pick it up? It's like, I, I want to play it. You would like it. You would like, I can, I can just about guarantee that you would like it. Let's see. We need to play. You, we need to. We need to have a game day soon. Uh, I'm down for that. <laughs> All right. Well, to get you out of your high spirits right now from from your games over here, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my number eighty nine is a game that you absolutely hated. Uh oh. Absolutely I I hated could, it. I bet I could say what game it is too. What game there was aren't, it? There aren't too many games I hate. Yes. Oh, does, it begin, does it begin with an R? Does it begin with an R? No. Oh, well, holy crap! Then what game is this? Go for it then. I'm I trying to no figure out what you about. what you were saying with the R. It begins with an M, though. M. Yeah. <laughs> Lay it on me, brother. Lay Magic it on me. Magic maze. We... Magic maze. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I what I already said earlier. I don't I don't care for the real time stuff that much. And that one definitely don't be when you're sitting there banging a little damn piece of wood in front of me, that, and I don't know what the pump. hell you want me to do. Don't keep banging the damn piece of wood in front of me because I'm gonna smack it upside your damn head. Oh, that that's, that's... that's what Stone Cold said. So what? What? <laughs> I'm going to put a little what right in there for you because you don't mess with Stone Cold over here. You know, like, tell me you didn't just say that. <laughs> no, that game's, yeah, that game's I'd, fun. I'd, like, I've, I'd, I'm I'd not... like to try. I'd like to try it again. But it was it was definitely a little frustrating if you have somebody at the table who doesn't really see what to move and somebody just keeps banging. You're supposed to tap it in front of them, not repeatedly banging on the table in front of them. <laughs> We, I, I think we, we, I think we there's ways. There's ways to communicate a little more. The more you play it, you would understand that. But it, it's just fun. I I I'm not big on cooperative games because I I think there are too many out there that one player could run it. But just how this is, it's real time. A, a game is done in like less than ten minutes. Yeah. You know, and you're just sitting there. You can't talk, so you're doing everything real quickly and. 
most of the time that we played this outside of the store when you guys hated it but <laughs> every time we play it afterwards it's, it's all we're always laughing about it because we're like god we suck so bad at this and we know it so we're just having a good time with it and it's it's one of those games i like i these real-time games that take five to ten minutes they're I, they're nice and quick bursts i will not falter you for liking it i wouldn't mind trying it again my first time with it i think I think there were a couple of things I didn't get about the rules during the first time we played, and I think on the second board we were correcting some things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was just frustrating, and sometimes I just don't like to feel so frustrated while playing a game. Oh, so that's that's what makes it fun sometimes. So all right, we're gonna leave that one behind. All right, I'm gonna jump over to eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. My eighty-eight is definitely a later game. You may be even surprised that I would have something like this on my list. Okay. And I don't I don't know if you've actually ever even played this game. It was published by 8th, 8th Summit, designed by Richard Launius. This is Run, Fight, or Die. No, no. I've... So this was an earlier Kickstarter back that was released in 2014. I actually picked it up down at the game store because I missed the Kickstarter. Um, and it's kind of just a Yahtzee-style dice game where you have waves of zombies coming down a board to damage you you roll a set of dice at the beginning of the game and kim and i just played this a couple weeks ago so that's why i could probably talk about this one a little bit better than some of these other games that i haven't played for a year or two (laughs) but you're going to roll dice there is going to be one die that has a special activity that happens for the round and affects you and then you're going to take the rest of the dice and try to figure out what you're going to do with them you could either damage the zombies with a bat or a um Shot or a gun blast, or I think there's a gun blast or a bullet on there. Um, or you can try to collect two different sets of symbols that will give you, let you draw cards from one of two different decks of cards, um, events and something else, or I can't remember what the cards are. Um, but you're going to be drawing one of those cards to, to do that, and you're trying to essentially get um, five survivors in play in your in the board in front of you i think is what the goal is um the first person to die in the game um as the zombies are coming down if you die the game pretty much ends immediately at that point and i played this down at the game store where somebody died within like the first five minutes (laughs) i mean and then kim and i can play the game for 30 to 45 minutes one game wow it all depends on how the dice roll for you. If you cannot clear the zombies off your board, they just there's three rows. They just keep coming down. When they come onto your hero, you take that much damage. Um, the expansions, there were a couple expansions for it. I don't have them. I wouldn't. I'd like to pick them up, um, but they add different types of zombies into the game. But it's just a fun dice rolling game that you just sit around you know you can drink during this one and it really wouldn't affect the gameplay any <laughs> not saying that we've done that before but there's a possibility <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> okay children don't, don't, drink, don't drink and drive okay okay yeah don't don't drink and play run fight or die okay. yeah okay. Okay. okay all right what's your 88 eric all right my 88 is a lighter game that I haven't played in a while, but it it holds special to to me. Called Lanterns the Harvest Festival. I've not played this one yet. Oh man, this is 
it's a nice simple game but it's uh you, you can be pretty mean in this one mm-hmm. where you're just sitting there trying to place tiles out there and depending on the color that's facing you you get uh you get a card of that color potentially some other ones and you're trying to just collect them and trade them in for some points and there's an expansion for it which i have and still have yet to play <laughs> of course yeah of course of course but um it's a really simple game it it holds it holds a special place in my collection it will forever stay there because it is a game that i played with yuki on our first date and oh, wow. it, it is nice. one of the reasons we are probably together right now That's i won't awesome. go in, i won't go into the story but that that is a reason why we why i will for all, forever keep this i will never get a new copy of it it's always going to i'm always going to keep that one no matter what and that's that's the reason it's it's cool a, that's awesome it's good memories not necessarily complete gameplay memories i mean obviously there are but it holds special i, I still think it's a great gateway game too cool all right my 87 i think is where we're at right now mm-hmm. is a game i recently played um Pretty much got my ass handed to me. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll tell you about that once I talk about the game. It was released in 2017, um, designed by Richard Garfield, published by Aiello, and that's a little game called Bunny Kingdom. Ooh. So when we were playing this game, um, we played it down at the game store, and my buddy Brian, you know Brian, mm-hmm. um, he pretty I know much of was him. playing... He, he, he was playing this game, very good gamer, and just literally... What his score was was about the total to everybody else added together at the table. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds right. For some reason, he ran away with this game. There's area control, drafting in the game. I thought the game was really cool. Even though I got my annihilated, I still had a great time playing it because I was just sitting there laughing at the end when I was looking at his score compared to mine. And I'm like, this is ridiculous now. But the game was so fun. Um, The miniatures are, are very small. You get a big handful of miniatures and you're trying to just take over the area of the board and try to just get as many different segments as you can and for your scoring and it's 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 a lot of fun um have you have you played bunny kingdom at all no i really should i i you should i would try i would try it once i would try it once it was it was it was good i'm just having a hard time i there's so many games that i own that i want to play and it's just and that's one of those games it might just get lost in the shuffle because of that. Yeah, that's, understandable that's that happens. I just happened to be down there, and we were just like, let's play this. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. I'll have to do it. All, all right. right. 87 here. Yes. I'm going back to the Euros with Dice. And it's one that I've managed to make somewhat of a gateway game. And it's a, it's God, it's got to be over ten years old now, but and it recently came out with a second edition. But I enjoy the first one. I like the art style a little bit better. Kingsburg. Oh, okay. And you know, it's just a nice, simple roll your dice. Use those dice to pick the number character or characters you want to do to do that action, and build up your little little board with your city and. Give yourself some special powers as you go, and when winter is coming, those those monsters are coming for you, and you got to defend your little village against them. 
it's a simple game. I think if people want to start getting into the medium Euro games, I think it's one that people could pick up pretty easily. At least concept-wise, of course, you're never going to know a great strategy the first time you play a game. But I think this one is simple. You could pick it up quickly. I still like the old styles art better. And I'm never going to get rid of my copy. I'm, I do not want to upgrade to the new copy. That's all i got to say about that. Cool. Simple game. Fun decisions. All right. We are on number 86. And my number 86 is a little bit older of a card game. Yeah, maybe about five years old. Um, I have several of the different games for this. Um, it was design, designed by Mike Salinger and published by Paizo. And I don't know if you've ever played the Pathfinder Adventure card game. No, I'd like to. Um, it's a lot of fun. I ran the um, organized play for the Pathfinder um, Adventure card game down at the local game store for about three years. Mm-hmm. We played through the three base sets, Rise of the Rune Lord, Skull and Shackles, and then Wrath of the Righteous. Um, the Mummy one that was just released this past year, I did not play because I was getting into a different game. I also wanted to try Apocrypha, which I have kickstarted, but is I have not played yet. So Apocrypha did not make my top 100 because I haven't played it yet. So that I need to play. But um, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, played it for years. It's... It tries to take the Pathfinder RPG and basically turn it into kind of like a card game. You have different locations on the table in front of you. Everybody has a deck of cards that they start out with, and I believe everybody starts out with about 15 cards, I think, in their deck. And when you are, when all of your cards are gone and you play through your deck, you die. So they are your hit points. So you need to make sure that you are trying to recycle these game, recycle these cards or have somebody heal you and get these discarded cards back into your deck, um, into your hand, so you can play them. Um, but the goal of the game is to basically defeat a villain. Um, there are different kind of henchmen you're going to run into during the game. At the beginning of the game, you're going set to set out all the locations. You will have a henchman in each location as well as a villain in one location. So you're going to take like the henchman, the villains, and the one villain shuffle them up and then deal them into the location. So you never know where the actual villain is. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to close all the locations by defeating the henchmen in them or the villain. And once you have all the areas closed, you can beat the villain. And when you defeat the villain, you win the game. It's a cooperative style game. One that I played for years and I played it with a great group of people down at the game store. I've met a lot of great people playing this game. People I still talk to all the time. Uh, we may not game every week like we used to uh, because we were playing this game quite a bit before. We were playing this game like every other week for years. The group got together and met. Um, and at one time we had two tables of people playing this game because it, it, it had just grown. I mean, originally there was only like three or four of us and then we grew to six and it plays max six. Um, and then um, we actually grew to 10 or 12 at one time. We had two full tables going at one time playing the game down there. So it was a game that I think I will always enjoy. Uh, Kim and I tried to play it once. This was back when she did not like co-ops as much. <laughs> so she really just didn't catch on to it and just, just didn't jive for her. I don't think she's a big card player like this. Because a lot of the card games that I try to teach her 
I, she just doesn't doesn't like having to read all the cards and learn all the different cards. And she, that's just not her cup of tea, I think. Um, but I may try to teach maybe Apocrypha to her and see how see if she takes under that one. Um, but yeah, Pathfinder Adventure card game. I have the version of this on my tablet as well. Um, it plays just like the actual board game. It is spectacular. So it's 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 just a fun card game. I th- I think I can identify with Kim on this one maybe because I I don't know if it's card games, um, which I think I know where you're going for with card games and quotations yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yep, yep, I don't yep. know. I I think my problem is I I don't like games that kind of force feed you a story. Like the you know the the story games where oh, oh you know well you can do this and then read this thing this happens blah blah it i don't know if for some reason it just doesn't get to me i i like the games that you kind of make organic stories which you'll probably see a few higher up on my list because of that reason yeah. because it's more interesting to say like no I, you know we were playing this game i did this and it's and you're telling a story just based on what you guys did and it's not just what the game did what the right. game told you to do. I think maybe that's something that has to, to do with it. But okay. Yep, that was mine. All right, my eighty six is a game I know you bought after I introduced it to you. And it's the first of one of my favorite mechanics, or mechanisms, excuse me. To a point, it's uh. It's not a deck building game, but it's a bag building game, and it's called Puzzle Strike. Puzzle Strike is this low on your list? I well, I, I, I had issues with it. I I think it's, I think it's mainly this low because I think I have other deck building games that will get played a lot more. But I I do enjoy this one. I like honestly, if I had to think. I, I would have probably put this way higher on the list. But this is just one of those ones where... I mean, I'll be a... honest. This is way higher on my list. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one surprised me of how low this one was. I'm surprised I... this is here as well. I was not expecting that. Well, I, I think it's just one of those ones where you need a specific audience to enjoy this. Like, if you're not a fighting game fan, yeah, you probably won't like this as much. I really I do enjoy this. This is... This is a game I wish I could play more, and if I played it more, I would probably rank this a lot higher because there are a lot of interesting decisions in here. And I I do like fighting games up to a point, and I love deck builders, and the the whole concept of this game with the gems, it's so interesting to me. It's just I have not been able to give it a fair amount of love that it deserves. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything else since I've I've already said enough. So. <laughs> I'll wait till I bring it up to say what I what, what I like about it. First crossover. <laughs> um. Yes, I think so. I know there's going to be some other ones though because I've already seen something. Oh, okay. Spoiler alert. All right, what's so, your eighty-five, sir? Um, eighty-five is a little game. That was oop, I'm moving up the wrong the wrong window here. Let me move that back how down. How little? How little? Is it Let two me inches? Move that back down. Let me move this up here. Um the second edition of this game was just released um a couple of years ago. 
Um, uh-huh. Published by Tree Frog Games, designed by Martin Wallace. Um, but the story was based around a Neil Gaiman story. And this is a study in Emerald. Uh-huh, okay. So this has a Cthulhu theme to it. You have some area control. There's, of course, some auction to it, some card drafting. And uh, we played this down at the store before, and I really liked it. I think we, when we played it, it the first time is definitely has a little bit of a learning curve to it. I don't think everybody at the table liked it. I'm a fairly big Cthulhu fan. Plus, you have Sherlock Holmes wrapped into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I even went so far as downloading the story from the website and reading through the Study in Emerald short story that um, Neil Gaiman had written. Um, and that was a really cool story, um, which kind of just leads into the game quite well. Um, I thought it was just pretty cool. The The new game, um, the new, the second edition, is supposed to clean up. I've never played the first edition. The The second edition is supposed to clean up some of the, the rules a little bit. So I can't talk too much about the differences between the two since I've never played the first one, but... I really like the second one, and it made it into number 85 for me on my list. I have to check it out sometime. It sounds interesting. I I think I almost picked it up a long time ago just based on the cover and how it looked. Yeah, but it, it, I, it, is, it is a cool cover because Cthulhu's on the box. Yeah, I, well, I'm not a Cthulhu guy, but I can, I can appreciate it, and I will play some Cthulhu games occasionally, so I'm open to it. All right, my uh, my eighty five has to do with another god, but this is kind of a more historical god, I guess you can say, and not a fictional one. Or let's leave it at that. Oh, wink, wink. Uh, another game I picked up in Japan. Of course. <laughs> and it's a game that is, I believe, the first that we have mentioned that incorporates an app into it. A, a cooperative game where you stick a mask over your face and try to put together a maze with other players called Mask of Anubis. I didn't include this one on my list, I don't think. Uh, see, that's that's what's wrong with you. But this oh, is just man. really fun. You, you put this app into this Anubis mask, put it on your face, and you see and... In VR, this 3D maze and only a small section of it, and you're trying to describe what's going on around you so the other players at the table can take these little puzzle pieces together and put together this map of this tomb, and you're trying to guide this little dog through the tomb to get to this treasure. And it's it's such an interesting game because you're, you're looking like an idiot when you're playing this game. Uh, there's no way that you're looking smart at all. It's like you're standing up there looking... Like you're in a submarine, you're looking through the periscope over there, but and you're just turning around. And if you're in public, people are gonna look at you like you are, you are high or drunk or something. It is cool though. <laughs> it's so fun though. I it should... is. It it is awesome, and I, I can't believe I didn't put this on my list. Shame, shame. I was looking through my list, and I don't think I see it there. I don't yeah, know we, how that I, didn't make. I it. gotta bring the uh, the sequel sometime. Yeah, so we, we can need try to play that, that out. definitely. But that's a fun one. I believe it's available in America somewhat because I believe Hasbro put like a version in one of their like loot crate type boxes. Oh wow! Um, it's a different name. I don't know what it's called, but I'm glad that it's available to more people. Well, that's cool. 
fun game. All right, my 84, and it is extremely hilarious. You mention an app in a game. Because <laughs> my 84 has an app in a game. Yeah. That was kind of kind of just coincidental. But it's not the same game as yours. Mine was published by, I'm going to give it away right here, Restoration Games. Uh-huh. So it was designed by Rob Davio, Robert, Robert Doyle, Justin D. Jacobson, released last year, 2017, a remake of the 1979 board game I have sitting behind me in my room called Stop Thief. A game Kim and I were just playing before we started recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Stop Thief is a very simple deduction style game. Um, the newer version, as opposed to the older one, which was Roll and Move, you have a deck of cards, so you have a little hand management to you because your cards have different numbers on them, which allow your character to move throughout the board. And some cards will also give you a special ability. It, you are trying to capture thieves in the game. And it is kind of like a memory style game because each turn for a player, you will hit the get a clue on the app, which will basically cause the app to produce a different sound. That is the movement of the thief. You need to try to figure out the thief always starts its spot on a... Um, a spot where he is stealing something. It's like a red spot on the board. And then from there, he can either do movement, break a window, open a door. And these are all the different sounds that the app makes. So you really need to pay attention and remember, okay, he committed a crime at the first spot. And then maybe he moved, did another movement, and then opened a door. So it's like, okay, crime, move, move, door. So you're trying to look on the board. Where is there a crime with two movement spots and then a door next to there that he can? And you're trying to just slowly deduce down and zoom, you know, zoom into where the thief actually is. Uh, you win the game by having the most amount of money. I think um, in a two-player game, I think you're playing to like forty-five thousand, and each thief can get you about seven to ten thousand, maybe a little more, a little less. If you do guess wrong, you do have to pay the bank a thousand, so it's not free to guess. There is a small you know, monetary penalty to that. But it's a nice light game. Kim had thought we played it before, but I told her, I go, I don't think we did. We might have tried to start it. And she was like, this is stupid. Put it away. <laughs> but um, tonight when we were playing, she goes, it's actually, she really didn't want to stop. She was, you know, I figured after we caught one thief, she was like, all right, let's play something else. But she was like, oh, nope, let's continue on. Let's actually see who's going to get the 45,000 first. And she was really enjoying it. And I was like, you know, I, I figured it'd be a good game uh, for when her nephews come over and play because it's a lighter game. It's a game you can probably teach in under five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still, I don't know, I still kind of like it. Like I said, I have the original one from 79 um, behind me that has the actual device that still works um, in it <laughs> as well. So. Yeah, that, that, was... that, that is a fun game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, we are in the playtest notes on that one. So that's I showed that to Kim, and she had not realized that. And I know I mentioned it to her when I first bought the game, but she must have, might not have been paying attention to me that night. Um, What's new? And so I showed her again, and I go, here's Dave, here's Eric, here's me. And she goes, well, that's pretty cool. I go, yeah, yeah, it kind of is that we are in the playtest notes on that one. Yeah, that, that's a fun game. My family enjoys it too, so. Yeah. All right, my 84, we're going back to cooperative games. We're going back to real-time games. And we're going back to dice games. 
So my 84 is a game I believe you enjoyed when I showed it to you called Fuse. Yeah, that was fun. Yep, I like that one. Even though that is a real-time game I can handle. That one I like. Yeah, and it's, it's just so simple. Hey, reach into this bag, roll a certain amount of dice, and assign them to these cards. And uh, if you can't assign one, well, re-roll it, and you might have to lose some dice on the cards already. And then just keep going. Just try to get more cards to whittle down this deck. And it's super fun. It, the game is literally 10 minutes because that's how much time you have. It's hectic. It's simple to play. Rolling dice is always fun. And it, it's it's just a really fun game. Yep, I, 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 like, don't think, I did like that one. I, I don't think I've seen someone hate the game yet. Um. It's even fun to play by yourself if you're bored and you have 10 minutes you want to kill. Just roll some dice, try to get some cards completed. Hey, it's it's hard. It's a hard game, too. I've, I've lost it more than I've won it, which is a good thing for a cooperative game. So I can't be mad about that. <laughs> All right. My number 83 is a game that was released in 2014. This has been on my wish list for a while, and it's one that I just have never picked up, and I don't know why. I have a feeling Kim would like this one, although I think it would probably play best with um, more than two. Um, okay. It was published by Bezier Games, designed by Ted Alshbach, and that's Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Ooh, okay, I've never played this. I really enjoyed this one. This is... um. I guess you could say tile placement set collection because you are building a castle um, on your turn. There is a player who is kind of like um, the master builder who kind of controls some of the prices um, uh, for the board components for that round. Um, and it just has some really neat aspects to the game. Um, there are certain rooms you want to make sure you don't put next to and can't put next to each other. Um, you know, like you can't put your bedrooms next to the music room, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And it, it's just really neat. And I know that they've released the palaces of Mad King Ludwig. Um, I've never played that. I wanted to try it last year at um, Origins when I was there. And it was a game I just never made it over to the table and played. And I was always just so bummed that I never played it. But like I said, this has been on my wish list probably since I played it. And I, there have been multiple times where I almost pulled the trigger and got it, and I just never have. But it's, I mean, on Board Game Geek, it's ranked 78 overall. So it's in the top 100 on Board Game Geek. So it's, it's a pretty good game. Yeah, I've, I've yet to play it. I hear good things about it. I, let me know when you get it. I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going back to my my lonesome over here with another solitaire game. And I believe it's actually my most played game of all time, actually. Cause it's a nice time filler, um, mm -hmm. called Onirim. Okay. I play the app. I use the app. I, I do it both ways. If I'm sitting there watching TV, I'll, I'll pull the cards out and do it on the table. It's not so bad. The app is definitely a lot quicker. That damn the app is so much quicker. <laughs> That's like a five I mean, I minute game. I've never played it with cards, but I've heard that the app is the app plays just like the cards, but it's so much easier. Yeah, definitely, and I I think the app actually taught me if I was playing it right or wrong with the cards because it was like oh well this happens this happens because the rules they something in there always tripped me up and I when the app came out it just like reinvigorated what I liked about it. 
and it's just a nice puzzle. Hey, try to find eight doors before this deck runs out. And then the expansions, I haven't even played all of them yet. But each one adds a new thing, and it's almost like a new puzzle. So, you know, you add in a new expansion, and you say, well, I don't know how I'm going to get these doors now. And then you lose a couple times, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I get it. And then you work out a strategy. So it's almost like you you start from the bottom, and you slowly get your experience up every new game. And it's, just a, fun, it's a fun time killer. When I when I first got the app, I play I was playing that thing constantly over and over again. I couldn't stop. I was hooked on it. It okay. is a very it is a very fun solo game. See, see, see. And it's eighty three. There, I have eighty two other games ahead of this. Yeah, no that that's a good one. That is a very good one. All right, my eighty two is a game that you should be familiar with. Uh huh. Because you sold it to me. Yay! <laughs> Which one? That's the question. <laughs> and that is a game from 2015, designed by Carl Chudik, published by Asmati Games. Hmm. Matainai. All right, all right. So I really like this game. You're you're a monk, and you're basically using the cards in multiple ways um, to kind of get resources um, to fill special tasks and complete works, and it's. I remember the first time when I played this. I, I, you were there. You 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 played it with us, and Jim taught us. And I was just like, I go, this is really cool. And they actually just put an expansion up on Kickstarter this past week. And mm-hmm. the Kickstarter, the interesting thing about the Kickstarter, supposedly the cards are the game's ready to go. They're just going to print it and ship it. Um, when you look at the Kickstarter, it says it's going to be on there for like thirty-two days or something like that. But it's only supposed to be up there for five days. Huh. It's like a five-day Kickstarter, and it's supposed to be gone. But supposedly, when I was just reading the comments, because it was funded immediately, because uh, they weren't asking for too much money, um, but they said, you know, we're trying to get a hold of Kickstarter to see how they can fix that, because it's only supposed to be a five-day Kickstarter, which I have never seen or heard of before. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. But I'm really interested to see what the what that is going to add to the game. So we may have to play this again here shortly to get ready to play the expansion yeah i wouldn't mind doing that it was a fun game it it's just really hard to understand yep it was so nice that jim taught it because i don't know if i would have really caught on to it without having this one taught to me because the cards could be used in so many different ways and it takes it takes you several rounds to actually understand it but once you understand it um it's really interesting. And yeah. it's there are so many choices available. Yeah. So I I, I, I really liked it. It's a fun card game. I you need to bring it again because I wouldn't mind playing it again. And I would love to see Glory to Rome, because everybody says it's the it's the successor to Glory to Rome, but Glory to Rome sounds like it's been out of print forever. And it is a very expensive game to purchase nowadays. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, so you're 82. You went on a li- little bit of the heavier filler game. So I'll go on a I'll go on a lighter filler game with some more dice because you know I love those. Age of War is my number 82. And we actually just played this again the other day too, and, and I'm we, like, we did, we did too. We play this all the time. 
it's just a fun little dice game. Roll them just to try to claim cards, and if you can't match anything on a card, you're losing a die each time you get to re-roll. And oh, sometimes the game drags on at the end because you're like, yes. oh, I need to, I need to get yes. this last card out, and I can't roll these damn things. It's yes, oh my god, it's hilarious. Like, that's the main problem with the game, but you know, for a quick thing, if you're playing it real fast, it's fun. No, it's. It is. It is. It is fun, but sometimes it can be frustrating. And I think the last time we played, I won, and Kim was so pissed because I think I stole one of her cards, <laughs> so she couldn't complete a set. And she was like, "Seriously, seriously, that's what we're gonna play." And she was trying to steal it from me, and she just couldn't. And it is. It is fun. It is just. Um, it's. It's just a brainless, light little game that you know. There's. There's really not much thinking to it. I mean, you have to kind of. There's a very little strategy in that. If you do collect your sets, you can lock them in yeah. and score a few more points. I mean, besides that, it's just all luck with dice rolling. Oh yeah, for sure. But for a small filler game, nope, no problem agreed, with that. Agreed, one hundred percent. We. we... It, it's funny because this is one of one of the few games that I have bought multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. Okay. Well, with, when me, I was in Japan, I picked up a Japanese Batman. version. Oh, really? Yeah. So my my okay. my version. I, I I thought I wanted like a, I wanted like a Japanese themed game that was actually that actually like had Japanese on it. And you so know, since what, there's no there's no text that you need to. I was gonna say. So what's different about it? Because there's icons. There's no text anywhere. Well, like at the the cards at the bottom instead of English, it's in Japanese. I mean, the rules are in Japanese. The cover. I thought I thought the words on the bottom were just cities or something, aren't they? Yeah, they are, but it's still okay. in it's still in the Japanese. Version, oh, okay. So Japanese text. So all right. It's, yeah, it's just small like that. It, I think it just helps add to the flavor a that's, little bit. I'll, that's I'll fine. I don't know if you have ever seen my copy or not. I don't know if I have or not. I wonder. I want. I'm trying to think if we played your copy down at the game store the one time because I played I it down did. at down at the game store once. And it might have been yours. I it's a it was a small game that I wanted a second I wanted a copy of just for for the art style and just to have Japanese text on it. Yeah. Alright, my number eighty one, which is going to be the last for this podcast, is Yay. a game published by um Daily Magic Games, released in twenty sixteen. I believe it was a Kickstarter, but I I don't think I kickstarted this one. Um, designed by Isaias Vallejo. I've actually created a uh, frequently asked questions for this that I uploaded uh, to Board Game Geek because when I first got this game, I was really into it. Um, we had been playing Machi Koro at the time, and this game, Valeria Card Kingdoms, really replaced that for me. Um. Even with several of the expansions from um, Machi Koro, there's something about Valeria that I just, the theme I just liked a lot more. It is a dice game uh, where you're kind of doing some, I hate to say set collection because you're not really doing set collection, but you are doing drafting um, and you can have, you can have sets of cards which give you better payments um, for the resources based on what you roll. And it's interesting because unlike most games where you're rolling something, um, pretty much every card pays you something even when it's not your turn. 
Um, so you're trying to either deplete the cards from the center of the table or deplete, defeat all the monsters at the top. Um, there are some expansions for this, and I have a couple of expansions. I don't have the latest expansion for it, and I kind of do want to get it because we haven't touched this one in a while. Um, but some of the earlier expansions that were released for it were kind of cool. They added some... They added a little bit more flavor to the game, I would say. Um, but the art style on the game is good, and it's it's just a nice dice-rolling game. And it's one where I really don't feel that the dice... I mean, I guess the dice can hurt you if they're not giving you the resources you need. But you try to mitigate that based on um, the different characters you purchase in front of you um, to, to, to give you those resources, so... Really fun game. It's really one of the other things I thought that were very in, that was really interesting about it when we really first started digging into the game. In the rule book, they actually show you all the different cards that you can play with because it's almost like Dominion style, where you can mix up the board, the cards in front of you that you're playing with. Based on the cards you're playing with, it can really affect the resources that you get. So there were games where you could play where you're doing heavy magic. And you just have tons of magic, heavy, you know, uh, attack with the uh, red resources and heavy that or heavy gold. And just based on the cards in front of you, it affects the resource and the strategy you have to use to actually play the game. And I always thought that was kind of interesting because we tried all the different ones that were in the book that they had suggested when we when we first got this game down at the store. And we we sat there and played it repeatedly and just trying all the different ones in the book and um it was just really interesting how the different cards affected your strategy for the game. I thought that was always kind of neat. Yeah. I, th I think you should uh, pick up those expansions. Do you have them or no? Or I, I think I have everything for that okay. game right now. M minus maybe a promo or two here and there. Yeah, I don't think I have all the promos. I think I actually have a card sitting. One of the promo cards I think I got... Mike Miko the Monster Slayer. Yeah, that's a promo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I got. I got that at one of the conventions, and I kind of just have it sitting here. I never actually put it in the box. It's up here with all my business cards from designers and stuff. <laughs> yeah, get get the expansions. I, I kickstarted the new one that just came out. Yeah, I, I got some extras. I got a nice box coming for it, a play mat to lay everything out, just to just to you know add to the theme a little bit. Right, right. But it is a fun game. I. The, the I don't have problems with the game. I'm kind of spoiling my list right here, but I didn't put either of these on there. I would have probably put Machi Koro on here before that, just because yeah, it was. Once we were once we got this, Machi Koro was just non-existent to us. And that that's that's what I would say too. But I don't know for some reason, the people I know they gravitate towards Machi Koro and. It, I, it, it kind of played out in my mind. It it but. does have it does have a little bit more fantasy RPG feel to it, mainly because of the monsters on the top row and the art style and everything is that fantasy setting. Whereas Machi Koro is a little bit more suburban um, city building, which I think could possibly be a little bit easier accessible to newer gamers whereas some people might see the fantasy art and be like yeah i am not a huge fantasy person i might not like this but building a city and having all the different components of a city in machi Karo could be a little bit easier for newer gamers to grasp onto and theme wise i think 
Yeah, it's it's one of those games. I think Machi Carl was one of the one of the first few games I picked up, and it was really based on the art style. And it is a very simple game. I I don't know why. I think just eventually it just it got so much stuff in there with the random setups that it really kind of hurt it because there was just t- games I was playing where oh, you know, I can't win anything because nothing is ever available when I need it. And well, it just it kind of killed the game for me. I think the second expansion really rounded out the game, and you almost need the second expansion to make the game enjoyable. The third <laughs> expansion I thought just really kind of sucked. The third expansion just... Or then that's the third expansion. The second that, expansion. That was the second. Yeah. yeah, the first expansion you needed. The second expansion... I didn't enjoy it all for Machikoro. But that's enough about Machikoro. We were talking about Valeria Card Kingdoms. Valeria Card <laughs> Kingdoms, really good game from Daily Magic Games. And they actually have several games based around the Valeria universe. Um, yes. So we'll see if any of those end up higher or later on our list. Ooh, he might be dropping hints. Oh, might be. Tuned. I don't know. I haven't looked. I don't know if I put any of those on here. Stay tuned for next I week. Can't, I can't remember. So we'll have to wait and see. What's your 81? My 81 and the final one I will discuss this week is one of the few IP games that I I own. It is a filler game. It is a deduction game, which I really like. And I haven't played it for a little bit, but, uh, you know, it's it's a good one to have when you have... 5, 10, 20 minutes going on. And it is Batman Love Letter. I'm Batman. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's it's such a simple game. Um, the Batman one, I had a love letter before that. I n- never really got into the whole princess theme that they were going with at first. But when the Batman one came out, I'm like, okay, this is art style I could go with and it made sense. Batman's trying to find the different characters. You know, it made a little more sense to me when I bought it. And I always have a fun time when I play it because I'll, uh, I will keep it not so family friendly right here, but there's always every round you're playing this game where, okay, you pulling out Batman or somebody and it's like, okay, you got to pick somebody who's what card they got. So you're, you're, Every game, it's always like, all right, I'm going to play Batman, and you, right over there, you have Catwoman in your hands. And there's always the next line is, fuck you. <laughs> it happens all the time. It's, it's, and it's just so funny, because you're like, man, and it there's so much emotion going on in this game, because you're like, why do you do this to me? And it's fun. Uh, See, we played Love Letter a little bit, but the one we probably played the most out of them... Mm-hmm. is the Christmas one. And that's mainly because Krampus is in there. And I just, when I saw Krampus in there, I was like, this game is freaking awesome. <laughs> Have you ever played Lost Legacy? I don't think so. It's not ringing a bell. That's It's uh, from the same designer. It is essentially, it's like Love Letter 2.0, but it's got a little bit more. And it's actually got multiple decks that you can take and you can actually combine them. Like you could combine like, the number ones and the number twos, like you know, just switch them all. Like it all has to be from one set. 
I have not played this. I am looking it up on Board Game Geek right now, and I have not played this. It's one, I, I think I actually like it better than Love Letter, but for some reason, nobody wants to to play it. It has like a weird spaceship type theme, and the American version, it looks kind of stupid. I, I, have I was going to say, the art on these cards is rather interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, a couple of the Japanese versions, too, which have English on them, too, so... You could, I could play it either way, but I think it's a better version of Love Letter, but the Batman version, people will play it all the time, and it's it's a fun, simple filler game, and one that, even if I don't play it all the time, I'm always going to keep it. There are a lot of Lost Legacy games on Board Game Geek, though. Yeah, there's like five packs already. I, I have everything. I, mean, I, well, I really, li- I really like Lost Legacy, but it's... Lost Legacy, Lock, Lost Legacy, the Starship, Lost Legacy, Flying Garden, Lost Legacy, Second Chronicle, Vorpal Sword, and White Gold Spire, Lost Legacy, Hayakunin, Senso to Ryu Nomiko. <laughs> yeah, There's and some some of the Lost Chronicle. Legacy games, they're actually two two decks in one. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's there's like the the box comes with like thirty two cards, which is like two of those decks combined. So. I'd like to try that one one time. That sounds interesting. It's fun, man. I, I got to get more people on it because it's a, it's a hidden gem game. Yeah, I can't remember when we picked up um, Love Letter. I think we picked it up pretty early, you know, when it, when it kind of became super, super popular. Um, I picked one up. I think I picked up the Christmas one first, and then we bought the normal one, um, the normal Love Letter at a later time. But yeah, around Christmas time, we play that Christmas one constantly. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. That's my 81 and my right. final one for this week. There we go. That is it. That was 181, starting our top 100 games leading up to episode 200. Hopefully, everybody has liked this episode and will listen to the next several as we continue our countdown to number one. <laughs> and I think that's going to be it for this episode. It's kind of late. We started this one kind of late because Kim and I were playing Stop Thief and we need to get back to that game because we hadn't finished it. So I think we're going to call this episode a wrap. Woo! All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you later. Have a great week gaming. See ya. What? Hey, everyone. So there you have episode 196 of the podcast. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Boarding Geek. We do have a guild over there, guild number 2440. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at whatimplayingnow. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. If you would like to find us on Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now on Facebook, and you can find us there. You can also subscribe to us on Twitch, twitch.com. TV slash what I'm playing now. My wife Kim and I have been playing through some live board game playthroughs there on Wednesday evenings as well as Sunday afternoons. So subscribe to us there and you can see when we go live onto Twitch. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash what I'm playing now. And you can see any of the videos that we're uploading that we play through from Twitch or that we do from any of the other events that we go to around the area. So until next week, everybody. You have a great week gaming, and don't forget to let me know what you're playing now. Until then, everybody, have a great week gaming, and we will see you later. Bye-bye.